What's up, everybody? Welcome. It's Thursday, March 9th, 2023, episode number 319. You can believe that of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Funky Monk, Andrew Nakamura, Aaron McDowell, Jared Matthews, Neon Nomad, JoJo, and so many others of the Simply Cyber community are going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories like an 80s ca- keyboard cowboy surfing the information superhighway in an awesome neon retro synthwave glow. It's going to be a good time. If you are a practitioner in the industry, you're going to get value because we're going to be covering the top news stories and it'll give um, enlightenment, direction, insight into what you can do tactically today, tomorrow, this week, next week, or strategically uh, long-term macro um, you know, planning, budgets are coming up, all those things, you're going to love it. And if you're looking to break in the industry, welcome aboard. You're not only joining one of the most inclusive communities in the cybersecurity sphere, but you're going to get asked in an interview, how do you stay current? This right here is an excellent answer. We're going to be covering all sorts of terminologies, techniques, threat actor names, the works. There's no Nothing's out of bounds here. Um, as far as topics go, uh, behaviors, there are boundaries for behavior. But before we get into that, I do want to give a shout out and much blue heart love to the show's sponsors who uh, keep this train running, starting with my good friend Eric Taylor at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. Talking tummy troubles, people. Get your Pepto. But guess what? Barricade Cyber Solutions, they're, they're basically like a personified version of Pepto-Bismol. They know how to mitigate the damage done. They know how to make business owners feel empowered to not feel victimized from cyber incidents. If you don't have a plan for getting punched in the mouth cyber-wise, get to BarricadeCyber.com. Get on Eric Taylor's calendar. You can meet with him at noon today and just have a casual conversation. The guy knows what he's talking about. Um, Jojo, I will, uh, thanks for the super chat and I will respond to that after. Also want to say shout out and much love to Panopsi. Thank you, Panopsi. Brandon Poole's company. If you guys know Brandon Poole, he's a gem, uh, for our industry. Guys, don't guess at what you should be doing, where you should be investing in your information security program, where your current controls are good, where your current controls are gapped. Nothing is dumber, like literally. Nothing is dumber than investing in new technology that duplicates something that you already have in your environment. You just didn't have it configured correctly. Panopsi can help you with a quantified risk assessment. Come in, talk to your business, talk to your staff, uh, InfoSec, IT staff, put numbers, percentage points, statistics all around, um, you know, level of effort. If you invest $200,000 $200,000 more, you could get 30 to 40% more security. If you invest $500,000 more, you're still going to get 30 to 40% more security. So there you go. Panopsi just paid for itself and having you not waste money to not get additional cyber risk reduction. Quantified risk assessments. Check it out. Contact Panopsi for that. Love those guys. Love Brandon Poole. The guy's, the guy's been on the channel a million times. Awesome dude. All right, guys. Remember, each episode of the Cyber Threat Briefing, or the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is half a CPE, um, you know, check your um, certification body policies. This is an instructor-led webinar covering industry topics. Um, I'm qualified to be talking about these things. You know, if they say, oh, it's a podcast, like whatever, like, you know, we can we can argue that if need be, okay? 
But say what's up in chat. Hashtag Team Live is one easy way to say what's up. Looks like we've got 104 people in here right now. Welcome to the party, Team Live. If you're watching on replay because, you know, it's not a good time for you right now or because you're on the other side of the planet and you're asleep, well, hello from the past. Good day to you in the future. Go ahead and drop a Team Replay, hashtag Team Replay, in the comments of the video. Let me know. You know, you could say just Team Replay, but I do love engaging with the folks uh, in the comments on Team Replay. Team Replay are people too, right? Uh, we've always got the, uh, I do want to say a little hat tip to the Team Hybrid. If you got in here late and you're watching double speed to catch up to us live, when you catch up to us, welcome to the party, Team Hybrid. And a final shout out to Team Lurker, which we don't call lurkers. I only say it so you identify what I'm talking about. Hashtag passive observer. If you are suffering from imposter syndrome, if you feel socially introverted, if you've heard me rail up here a million times about how important networking is, but you're not sure how to take that first step, well, my friend, just drop hashtag passive observer in chat and watch what happens. You will be welcomed with open arms by this community. You don't have to do anything else other than just type that one thing and it'll start the momentum train of you networking. Now, with that aside, it is What's Your Meme Thursday, and Haircut Fish, a.k.a. Dan Reardon, draws up a new, fresh, certified fresh um, meme every Thursday, and today is no different. Obviously, he always makes me the uh, <laughs> the target of his memes, and um, if you're a regular on the show, you're going to recognize this is a harken back to my Tidbits Tuesday element that I dropped on Tuesday this week, so stay tuned to that. But right now, we're going to get into the news, so I would love for you to sit back, relax, get your most uh, enjoyable beverage. What's up, Burcell? Good to see you, Preston Observer. Glad to have you here. Um, hop in, relax, and sit back as we let the Top Cyber News wash over us in an awesome wave. See you at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. <laughs> It's Thursday, March 9th, 2023. TSA issues cybersecurity regulations. The U.S. Transportation Security Administration announced new regulations meant to improve cyber threat defenses for aircraft owners and operators. Aviation operators under the TSA's purview must now develop approved implementation plans describing measures to improve cybersecurity postures. These plans need to outline how operations can safely proceed even in the event of a compromise of IT or operational technology. The plans must also outline how it will prevent unauthorized access to critical systems, implement continuous monitoring, and keep up with system patching. This follows the Biden administration's release of its national cybersecurity strategy. We've seen other agencies like the EPA already release similar plans to comply with it. Damn, Last son. Um, okay, so I don't know if you guys know, like it'll it'll definitely flag me as a uh, a, a copyright strike. So. Uh, I don't know if you, um, here, you know what, H to heck with it. We, d we don't follow rules here. Listen to this song. This is what pops into my head when I hear what's going on. Push you to the limit. Dude, the, 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 the federal government is like out of control right now in a wicked good way. They passed this White House strategy legislation. All of a sudden, it's like, get your Oprah emotes going. It's like water sector. You're going to get help. Aviation sector. You're going to get help. Everyone's going to get help. 
If you write software, you're going to be held accountable. We're pushing it downstream. Critical infrastructure, you get help. It's like it's like the they took the pedal and like put a cinder block on it, and they are going full tilt. I love it. I freaking love it. Okay, we we need this. This is what we needed. We need this level of oversight. You want to talk about governance pushing it? This is governance at a massive scale. Okay, so check it out. Recently, if you recall, the FAA has had some issues. Right there was like that um. There was like that nomad system. If you remember the nomad system that went down, which allows like towers to talk to planes and like flights were grounded for a hot minute, right? There was a, that was an indicator of aging technology, of legacy tech, of systems that quite frankly, a very critical, you know, industry that's used by hundreds of thousands of people every single day for travel. That is incredibly dangerous if the planes get, you know, compromise the tech stack, all that stuff. So they don't need to be operating on all this antiquated tech. So the federal government is pushing it to the limit by pushing down regulations to say, hey, airports, guess what? I know you like to make a handsome profit, but guess what? You're going to start taking some of that revenue and upgrading your infrastructure from a security perspective. Also, aircraft operators. Now, one thing that jumps out to me is like, okay, the aircraft industry is like on a race to the bottom as far as market goes. And this is going to get into business and I won't bore you with all the details. But if you look at the way that the airline industry works now, um, the way they price tickets, yes, it fluctuates day to day. But like literally when you shop for a, um, an airline ticket, you typically shop for price and then like convenience, right? Um, and the airline industry knows that you're shopping for price. So it's a race to the bottom by having the cheapest air for, so they get to the top of the list. And now they're like overbooking flights, you, like they're canceling flights. They're kind of screwing over the customer, but that's partly because their margins um, I assume are, are not very uh, thin here. Delta, I'm just picking Delta, annual revenue 2022. I'm just picking uh, Delta really quickly as an example. I want to see what their annual revenue was. $50 billion? Okay. Jesus, that blows out that argument. See, this is why you fact check. Okay, so with $50 billion, the major airline industries are fully capable of, hold on. Great cash, homie. They're fully capable of implementing upgraded technologies, hiring staff to implement those technologies, deprecating or removing sunsetting, decommissioning, whatever word you like to use, uh, legacy technologies. I think the one challenge that I think jumps out to me right away is aircraft owners. So if you're a private aircraft owner, um, right, there's tons of those running around flying little Cessnas and stuff like that. How are you going to be held accountable or obligated to engage in those things or is it only commercial aircraft it doesn't it doesn't say that necessarily but that would be one thing that i'm concerned about um at the end of the day this is like this to me needs to be like a total um like uplift or you know retrofit of the entire industry right they say um they say a, a rising tide raises all boats this is true um, the entire industry needs to get uplifted. The 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 uh, like band aids and like you know spot treatments and stuff like that isn't going to cut it with something as important as this. So it's going to be it's like basically an entire airline industry upgrade. Now the final thing I'll say about this, and this is a perfect case study, is that regulation is requiring this to happen. That if you left it in the hands of the actual businesses, they wouldn't do it. And I'll tell you why. If Delta spends 
a billion dollars, right? A billion dollars on upgrading the security of all their technologies and crap like that. You know, getting rid of old tech, paying for consultants to come in and all that. They can't sell that to you, right? Delta sells plane tickets. That's what they sell. They will fly me from here to Deadwood, South Dakota, right? That's what they're selling me. If they fly me there um, and they've invested a billion dollars into the security infrastructure of their tech stacks, I still get to Deadwood, South Dakota. It's the same flight. It's the same time. It's the same. Do you want uh, peanuts or crackers or those like really delicious um, uh, cookies? What are those cookies called? They taste like vanilla kind of. Um, oh, my God. B Bischoff? Biscoff? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, they're not getting their billion-dollar investment back, so they had to be regulated into doing this. Uh, that's the final thing I'll say about that. Industries or businesses, they're all about money, all about profit-driven, and if you are not forcing them to make these investments, they're not going to. Lazarus Group deploys Zero Day. Security researchers at ASEC report that the pernicious North Korean threat group targeted an unnamed South Korean finance firm twice last year in May and October. Both seemingly relied on the same zero-day vulnerability on a certificate program that was commonly used by public institutions and universities. This appears to have impacted the most up-to-date version of the software, as after the first attack, the organization updated all of their software. ASEC disclosed the zero-day to the Korean Internet and Security Agency, but it remains under verification and unpatched. Uh, okay, so this, uh, this stinks. Um, I'm just reading here. Okay, so there is a linked payload by ESET. So basically, some South Korean um, finance firm, Lazarus Group, attacks. No surprise, Lazarus is a North Korean threat actor group, state-sponsored, and they basically are, <laughs> they are basically the GDP for North Korea, right? So North Korea is really in this interesting bind where they want to be a first-world player. They want to be treated like a first-world player, um, but no one in the world they have so many sanctions against them because they do ridiculous things that no one wants to uh, trade with them, fr frankly. like they, they, No one wants to do commerce. No country wants to do commerce with North Korea. So North Korea can't generate revenue in order to sustain their first world power nature, which is basically um, a nuclear armament. So in order to pay for those things, they have to steal it, which is what Lazar where Lazarus Group comes in. Okay, so that was the, uh, the more you know. Now, um, this basically says that they got in through some type of compromise. We don't know what software it is. It says uh, unknown, unnamed software. But what stinks is the company was obviously using some out-of-date version of the software. They upgraded the software and probably felt like they were good to go. But because it was a zero day, meaning there is no available patch for the vulnerability that Lazarus Group was exploiting, right? That's why it's a zero day. That's how many days you have um uh since the patch zero okay the, the lazarus was able to get right back in it doesn't say in here that lazarus group stole any money i'm sure they did if they were up in there and it's being reported publicly now um but you know it, it just goes to show you guys like left of so in the world of like infosec there's left of boom and right of boom left of boom Boom is bad stuff happening. Boom is Lazarus Group compromising, getting into this company's uh, IT infrastructure. Left of Boom is identifying and protecting all the things that you can do to help mitigate the damage, uh, d uh, like help prevent 
and mitigate the damage if and when it occurs. Right of boom is your pants have been lit on fire and now you're looking for a bucket of water to sit in. Right of boom is detecting that something bad has happened, that they've infiltrated you, responding to it, eradicating them, quarantining them, getting them out of your environment, restoring back to a known good situation. That's all right of boom. Um, so in this case, I feel bad for this company because they did everything right and they still got screwed because the software didn't have a patch, didn't, you know, they were able to break right through. So this just goes to show you guys, you know, it's an old cliche in our industry. It's not a matter of if it's when, but like this, this just shows you like you really need to think of it as cyber resiliency, not cybersecurity. Although I know cyber resiliency is never going to take off. I do need a shirt that says it's, it's pronounced cyber resiliency, but this is why you need to do cyber resiliency because even if you do everything right, you still have residual risk that you will be unable to mitigate down. You have to accept some risk, always. GRC for the win. Ransomware gang uses video ransom note. The Medusa Locker ransomware group posted a demand for a $1 million ransom from the Minneapolis Public School District. The group published a 51 minute video showing data allegedly stolen in the attacks. It claims we'll delete this data if paid in a typical ransomware extortion scheme. The school district disclosed the attack on March 1st, saying it suffered an encryption event on February 21st. The district says it plans to restore from internal backups and didn't find any evidence of unauthorized access to personal information. Okay, so this is not a surprise, right? We saw Los Angeles County uh, School District get hit. Um, a couple weeks ago by Vice Society. This is Medusa ransomware. Uh, as far as I know, Medusa does, you know, I've heard of Medusa, but I don't see them a lot. Uh, state and local government institutions are woefully underfunded. Public schools, I mean, guys, they don't even pay the teachers well. You think they're, they've got like IT staff for days? No, the, this is usually typically, um, you know, stretched thin resources. They, they, they might not even have a, um, InfoSec practitioners, they only have IT people. Yeah, Eric Taylor, if you're connected with Eric Taylor on LinkedIn, he did post a link to the Medusa video, which is blurred out here. I was actually going to show it on stream, but now I, I, I realize like it, that's a bad move. Uh, but if you want to go watch it, you know, hey, I'll give a little hat tip uh, for some panache for the uh, Medusa ransomware gang. They they basically put a video together. It's like, you know, it's got like a little intro, like not intro, but like, you know, a stinger at the beginning, like, you know, like any other YouTube video would have. Then they're they're playing cool music underneath while they're just showing different uh, pieces of data that was compromised, including sensitive information, students, like children's information, which is deplorable, um, you know, salaries for staff and stuff like that. So the, the information, while sensitive, was not damaging you know any any more than like any other time your pii has been ripped off uh it sounds like minneapolis is telling medusa to suck it medusa is definitely going to drop all of this information out on the dark web you can pretty much assume it um you can pretty much assume it uh at this point so you know it's it's tough for minneapolis another just another uh instance of ransomware and, and the impact of ransomware. You can use this. In fact, you could even use this video. I, you know, it's worth bookmarking. You could use this video if you do like a weekly meeting with your with your management, with the business side, with your executives. You could just say like, hey, you know, when we talk about ransomware and what happens, I just want to share with you 
you know, five, six seconds of video. This, this is Minneapolis public school. They got hit. This is what threat actors do. Not only do they ask us for ransom to unlock our computers, but they are going to put this information online. Look, here's a teacher's salary. Here's a student's information. Pause the video. Like it will, it will have impact when the non-infosec people see sensitive information publicly available in a way that is um, scary, frankly, because it's it feels uncontrolled. It feels like, oh, we wouldn't allow that to happen here. And you're like, yeah, no kidding. And I'm sure Minneapolis Public School didn't think it was going to happen to them either. Maybe we should invest. Please, please see the attached budget request. TikTok announces security initiatives in Europe. The popular Chinese-owned social network recently announced security initiatives to allay concerns about how it uses data from its users. In the U.S., this came wrapped up as Project Texas. Now TikTok revealed a new set of security measures for Europe called Project Clover. This will see a third-party security company audit its data controls and practices and set up security gateways that determine which employees can access European user data. The company also announced plans for two new data centers in Ireland, along with a previously announced one in Norway. TikTok will migrate European user data to these servers, aiming for completion of that in 2024. This initiative comes as the U.S. and Canada banned use of TikTok on government devices. Yeah, banned on government devices. And it looks like the United States is passing legislation to just ban TikTok in general. Um, TikTok has been on a, um, you know, like... Um, what you like a tree stump campaign? Or like that's not even a right term. Like you remember back in the day when politicians would like ride on the train and then they would go stand on like tree stumps. I'm not that old. I I read about this in history books. Okay, like I know I'm old and I got gray in my beard, but I'm not like <laughs> 1890s old. Um, but anyways, I feel like that's what TikTok's doing right now. Like they they released that uh, not white paper, but they released that public public uh paper on the three major concerns people have like harvesting data used for disinformation and they tried to dispel all of those concerns here TikTok is launching project clover to to have a buzzworthy name i wouldn't be surprised if there's some type of visually appealing logo associated with project clover you guys know how i feel about logos and their impact on societal acceptance uh in order to a lie chinese fears now one interesting thing here or not a lie um alleviate right um, is that, you know, they're saying they're open data centers in Ireland. That's fine. Like all U.S. Uh, content is supposed to be stored in an Oracle farm in the United States. Um, the United States, because they're about to ban this, they're like losing their mind because they don't want to be banned. So they're doing everything. The one thing that I find interesting is that they said they were going to allow third party independent security auditing. Tinfoil hat, Cherry, please, uh, squad members, if you would, a tinfoil hat. Who gets to decide that third-party independent security? Who watches the watcher? Who is validating their work? How do you know that they're being given access to all of the things that they want? I have done multiple audits in my life, okay? Typically, when you audit, yeah, you have some carte blanche, but you don't walk in knowing every... You don't walk in knowing everything. So you say, hey, show me your data center. Show me your AD. Like, show me your things, right? So it's not ridiculous if you wanted to... If you wanted to um, kind of hide something, it's not ridiculous to put it over there. Instead of naming it secret, clandestine, wicked sensitive, stolen data, dash db, dot domain, dot, you know, CLAN or whatever. Like, <laughs> you would name it, like, whatever, like, uh, you know, test dev, 
uh, Project, you know, Fubar, Wizwang, Carl, right? Server, right? I, I'm being silly, but my point is, like, yes, an independent third party is better than nothing, but at the same time, what what is like who's setting the scope of that what is all these things like you know it's i appreciate it but let, you know the, the the devil's in the details right all right let's keep going now a word from our sponsor packet labs reduce cyber insurance premiums and minimize risk learn how a thorough penetration test can benefit your business download their penetration testing buyer's guide at ciso.packetlabs.ca Packet Labs is an ethical hacking firm that will simulate real-world covert attacks to get answers to your what-if scenarios. Protect your business from cyber attacks and get the most out of your penetration testing investment with Packet Labs, your friendly neighborhood ethical hackers. Nice, I love it. Hey, before we End of life before we do the uh, mid-roll, can I can I do a special shout-out? Special shout-out to one Peter McKinnon. Peter's in the house. Love it. Love that dude working his butt off. You want to talk about like a long-term commitment to a plan? Peter McKinnon's doing it. All right, let's do this. Hey, 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 hey. All right, everybody. If you're getting educational value out of the stream, if you're getting entertainment value out of the stream, if you're getting any value out of the stream, take a second, hit the like button. It goes a long way in telling YouTube, hey, there's a bunch of cyber people that just liked this live stream. Why don't I go out and tell other cyber people who are on the platform right now to get in here? Because clearly there's a there's a mapping there. Hit the like button. It helps other people find us. You may have stumbled in here because I had asked people to do this the day that you were on YouTube looking around. You feel me? So pay it forward. Hit the like button. Thanks again to Barricade Cyber Solutions and Panopsi for their continued support. I promise you guys I'll never have more than three sponsors on the channel. This is a decision I've made, at least as of right now. We do have a third sponsor coming online pretty soon, um, potentially, which is great. Uh, it, it's going to allow a lot more uh, you know, things to happen for the channel. As I've mentioned, I'm investing heavily into upgrading my studio, like legitimately, like quite significantly investing. Bigger studio, I'll have two different kind of like things one will be for like uh with a with another human like i'll have different kind of sets it's gonna be cool i'm super pumped about it guys if you want to get a newsletter from me every single monday with three pieces of actionable intel if you receive it right now and you get value out of it please share um in the chat that it doesn't suck like i you know i can tell you it's good but other people i'm not paying them to for their opinion so holler at me sign up Get the email, unsubscribe if you don't get any value from it. It's fine with me, I don't care. Like I do it as a public service. I don't I don't get paid for the newsletter. <laughs> I just do it. All right, now guys, I am super, super proud of how far um, we've come and how successful to date the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is. Really quick, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an opportunity for us to connect on LinkedIn and build our own networks, okay? So if you're looking to grow on LinkedIn, if you're looking to connect with other people, um, this is how we do it. So every single day on the stream, someone gets tagged from the previous person. Marcus Seiler currently is tagged. Marcus is about to tag someone the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Go on to LinkedIn, post what it is about cybersecurity you love, give some value. Heck, tag me if, if you would, I'd appreciate it so I can help amplify you and you know, just talk, just talk. Now, everybody else, look for 
um, whoever Marcus tags and connect with that person. Leave a comment. Connect with the people in comments. Guys, this is an amplification boom town where we are going to build everybody in this community's network like like a boss. Okay? Is Marcus Seiler in here? Has he named anyone? Yeah, definitely add hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. And if Marcus is not here, we may we may break the chain. I think we're 12 of 12 right now. Um, team Replay is not left out. I do love myself some Team Replay people. So if you're on Team Replay, join the Discord server. Go to the Simply Cyber Community Challenge channel on the server. Drop your name in there. I want to thank Allison Brent for her continuation of the Team Replay Simply Cyber Community Challenge. She has tagged Subro Sengupta. Subro Sengupta, you got the challenge now for Team Replay. Take it forward. Um... And Marcus Seiler, oh, did Marcus tag someone? Oh, Brady McNulty, my man. I love Brady McNulty. All right, guys. Brady is a, a gem of a community member. So thank you very much, Brady. Thank you, Subros and Gupta. I look forward to your posts. Guys, connect with all of them. Connect with um, the people in the comments. Now, I mentioned on Tuesday Tidbits that I went to Woodstock 99 and had a hell of a time. What's your meme Thursday? This is Dan Reardon memeing me up for the Woodstock 99. This is uh, this is me. <laughs> this is me right here, uh, allegedly. So thank you so much to Dan Reardon for the continued What's Your Meme Thursday. Let's slide back into the show, and we'll see you at the end for the jaw jacking. Tech routers under attack. Researchers at Black Lotus Labs report the hiatus malware group began hijacking Draytech Vigor routers, specifically models 2960 and 3900. Despite reaching end-of-life status in December 2021, over 4,000 of these routers remain exposed on the internet. Researchers found at least 100 routers compromised by the attackers so far. It's not clear how the attackers compromised these devices. Draytech did patch a remote code injection vulnerability in these models in 2021, so it may be an instance of the routers just running old firmware. The researchers say Hiatus appears to target mid-sized businesses running their own mail servers. They found pharmaceutical companies, IT services, and local governments included in the campaign. Jesus. Okay. I've never heard of this router, the Draytech Vigor. Okay, let's just look at it really quickly. I got a couple of thoughts about this. This is a bit of a hot button topic for me. Super annoying. Here we go. Let's look at this thing. Let's look at this thing. Okay. <clears throat> a couple things. One, they say it's for mid-sized businesses. Th this can't be right. Hold on one second. What model is it? Because I'm, I'm about to lose my mind. If this 2960 and 3900... Hold on one second. I, like, I, I, could, I, could, I, could, I could totally lose my mind in a second. Let's see. Show me the goods. This is a Vigor 2960. Let me look at this thing. Yeah, okay. A couple things. Mid-size, mid-size organization, okay? And if I'm not mistaken, uh, this doesn't look like it racks. Actually, it can rack, but it doesn't look like a traditional like 1U rack mount. It looks smaller than that. If you're a mid-sized organization, that means you have thousands of employees. If you have thousands of employees, your annual revenue better be pretty good, right? Because you've got to pay a 1,000 people's salary. 
If you can't afford to replace an end-of-life mid-range router from a company I've never heard of, no disrespect to Draytech, maybe it's really good, what are you doing? What are you doing? You should not be running end-of-life. I get it if you can't keep it up to date or patched or whatever, but end-of-life, dude? This thing went end-of-life, like, it sounds like in 2021. So you've had two years, three budget cycles to replace an end-of-life piece of tech. Get out of here. Like, I'm not saying you deserve it, but like, how are you operating under the idea that you are going to be just okay? Draytech has probably notified you that it's end of life. Your IT staff has told you it's end of life. You're a mid-sized organization. You definitely have IT staff on hand. You are not outsourcing at a mid-sized organization. If you're running an in-house mail server in 2023, why? Like, unless it's super sensitive and you don't trust anyone and you're like, um, tinfoil hat all over the place, maybe. And Hey, I'm, I'm interested in, I'm interested in chat. Maybe there are, uh, you know, uh, guys, I don't know everything and I'm, I'm totally into learning. So maybe there are some really good examples and reasons for operating an in-house mail server through an end of life, two year old piece of uh, network routing technology. But I don't really see the use case where that is. This is ridiculous. And I'm really, really pumped. I'm really, really pumped that this information's coming out. I'm not happy that uh, some threat actor is attacking this thing. But, you know, um, I'm happy that we're getting notified about this. And literally, this might be the only reason why a business invests in replacing their end-of-life technologies is because now there is... Um, Threat intelligence indicating that you have a much higher chance, your likelihood in your risk calculation of getting compromised. So quit being cheap. Dude, these routers are not that expensive, right? Like, I like hit me, hit me up. What, like, what would a what would a commercial grade router, like just to replace one of these things cost? Twenty thousand dollars? Am I being ridiculous? Like, oh my god, like hold on. I just Cisco uh enterprise grade. I don't know why I'm so angry about this. It's just, it's so cheap. Stop being so cheap. Let me shop for this really quickly. 1800 bucks. Eight, oh, 1800 bucks, $500. Dude, you can't fork out 500 bucks to replace an end of life tech for a Cisco router, which is considered, you know, best of breed or certainly up there. Jeez, why don't we splurge and go for 14? Ooh, this one's 16,000. Ooh. This one might actually, you know, last you a couple years. Like, stop being freaking cheap, man. Like, it's so, you know what really uh, grinds my gears about this one? It's like, you would you would spend a dime to save a nickel. Like, you're literally cheaping out on something that's so cheap to fix, to run the risk of getting compromised and suffer such a catastrophic financial impact it's dumb. It's like if if like like no business person would ever ever be like, "Oh, like here's the balance. You could spend 500 today or you could spend 50,000 next month when you get popped. Which would you like?" Nobody, nobody's going to take the 50,000 one. Nobody. Yet th here we are. The impact of AI tools on email attacks. The security firm Darktrace reports it's seen an increase of threat actors using artificial intelligence tools to operate sophisticated scams and operations since the general release of OpenAI's ChatGPT. While the number of email attacks against its clients remained consistent since the release, it saw a decrease in emails attempting to get users to click on malicious links, while linguistic complexity of malicious messages increased. 
Darktrace did not see these tools as lowering the bar of entry for new threat actors, rather it seems to be existing actors shifting tactics to use them. A couple things. One, holy crap, Darktrace reported 92% drop in operating profits in the half year and six month window? <laughs> Dude, I feel bad. Okay, so like, oh my God, this is kind of a smear. Um, this is totally, totally, totally um, aside. Okay, so just, just really quickly allow me this. From a business perspective, Darktrace definitely wrote this report, right? Darktrace definitely released... Oh, wait, no, that isn't the report. Um, where is it? Um, somewhere, Darktrace released a report. Okay, that's what this news story is referencing. Darktrace wrote the report, no doubt, in order to be... It's like marketing, right? Instead of running an advertisement, you write a white paper, and then people are reading it. They associate you with good research, and then they buy your product. When the news story starts with... It doesn't say Darktrace released a report on AI. They say... The company which reported a 92% drop in profits released a report. That is damaging. This is like terrible. Darktrace, I guarantee you Darktrace is definitely not pumped about the way that this is written. Okay, that aside, ChatGPT, this has been reported since ChatGPT first blew up. Shall we play a game? It allows people to write better scripted anything right you can say you can say literally like write me a convincing phishing email to convince someone to give to go to a website written in a authoritative tone written in an executive tone written in the in the style of m&m written like a financial executive right in english in russian in you know cantonese like whatever you want chat gpt can do it so instead of like broken, poor English, you know, something that went from like Russian, Google translated into English, Google translated into Spanish. So it's like, really doesn't make any sense. ChatGPT is fixing all that. So yeah, it's a great use case of ChatGPT. I'm not going to knock it. And we've known about this. This right here, again, guys, I'm going to bookmark this story because I'm giving a talk in April. I'm going to cover ransomware and business email compromise. I'm going to be talking to business people, not InfoSec people. This right here is definitely part of the current threat landscape. This is why I said at the beginning, if you're look, like looking to get in and you're talking about interviewing for jobs and stuff like that, if you drop this little nugget of knowledge on an interviewer, like, oh, hey, like, have you heard, like, hey, what do you do to stay current? Oh, I, I do Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Oh, cool. What's like a recent story and what do you think about it? Oh, have you seen how ChatGPT is increasing the effectiveness of phishing emails by making them more linguistically sound? Boom, baby. All right. So, like, there's a lot to it. Um, ChatGPT, you're seeing AIs come out all over the place, right? Kajabi's got one. Microsoft's got one. Google's got one. You know, Joel Belton's ice cream shop allegedly has an AI bot uh, dropping next month that's going to suggest ice cream flavors and uh, topping combinations for you. That's a joke. <laughs> but my point is, th the genie's not getting put back in the bottle, okay? ChatGPT, AI, whatever. It's here to stay. Threat actors, they always take advantage of new technologies. The threat actors don't care, right? They don't care if it's an old, like... That you you send um like a fake letter in the mail a fake you know MySpace account, ChatGPT threat actors don't care. What they care about is results. You want to talk about a results oriented industry? 
Threat actors. Okay, so ChatGPT is really effective right now. They're going to keep using it. Educate your end users to be mindful of it. Not ChatGPT, just like the more effective uh, fishes they're about to get. Coinbase launches wallet service. The popular cryptocurrency exchange introduced a new wallet as a service offering, which will support companies creating customized Web3 wallets in their own apps. The idea is companies can integrate Web3 wallets without sending users to another site to set up a wallet using a UI they're already familiar with. The service uses a cryptography technique called multi-party computation, which effectively splits wallet keys between the user and Coinbase. This means no one party controls the keys to the wallet, but also makes wallet access recovery much simpler for end users, more akin to resetting a typical account password. <sighs> okay. I get what they're doing here. They're trying to make it more accessible to a wider audience of people who don't have the technical capability or the understanding on how to run their own wallet. One critical thing, hold on, first of all, I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. That's Charles Finfrock, crypto evangelist. Anytime we get a crypto story, we, we play Charles' sound bit. Guys, one critical thing they said in that story, wallet is a service. So no one single person has access to your wallet. No one single person, including you, has access to your wallet. Do you understand? It's you and Coinbase sharing your wallet. Now, I get it that it's going to allow integrations with Web3 platforms, and it'll probably add a little bit of security, kind of like federated authentication is for accessing other sites besides like Google or Microsoft or Facebook. But you can use those, um, you can use those federated authentications. I'm thinking it's similar as a service. And I will say this, I have a Coinbase account because I dabbled in NFT space in order to understand it better and see how the scams were working. Spoiler alert got rug pulled right but 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 I, I i kind of expected to lose the money that i invested it was it was part of the research but uh, anyways my point is coinbase is legit coinbase has had independent third party coinbase does seem to be as legit a company as there can be in the wild wild west that is the crypto space so this is probably a legit service but they said accessing your wallet is as easy as resetting your password yeah, you know what threat actors are very good at doing? Tricking people into thinking that they're resetting their password or giving their credentials. So no one person's going to have access to your wallet, just the threat actor in Coinbase, right? So be mindful of this. This whole crypto space is already on shaky ground. The fact that crypto is a asset and in the second you give it to someone else, they own it and, they, and you can't get it back. There's no retribution, nothing like that. Unless you're, <laughs> unless you're colonial pipeline and somehow you have the power of the federal government helping you and then you get $74 million back. But that's a, I digress. Um, this does have potential. Okay. I'm not into it. Um, this is a infosec thing. If cryptocurrency were to gain main traction like being used as a legit currency for regular commerce this will definitely be integrated in all of that okay so look forward to wallet as a service but also look for threat actors to begin attacking wallet as a service and hearing about compromises around the user access of the wallet that's what they're going to attack they're not going to attack the cryptographic aspects of the wallet they're going to convince carl <laughs> to give them the like give them what they need to get into the wallet Google expands VPN availability. The search giant previously bundled its VPN into Google One, but limited access to users on its $9.99 a month tier or higher. 
The company announced it will start rolling out VPN access to all paying Google One subscribers over the next few weeks. Google also announced it will roll out a new dark web report feature for Google One, which will scan for personal information on dark websites. Users need to set up a monitoring profile on their Google account and can add or remove information for scanning purposes. All right, so Google VPN, two bucks a month for 100 gig throughput. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like anyone in chat done any kind of like uh, network bandwidth analysis? I mean, obviously you wouldn't run your VPN all the time. But if you ran it all the time, do you think you'd eclipse 100 gigs, right? I mean, you're not going to stream Netflix. Well, maybe you would stream Netflix because if you put, throw it on a VPN, you could terminate somewhere else in the world. Um, it says the VPN's available in 22 countries. It makes me do wonder, though, if I can, like, um, like say, Italy, Tom Bishop, right? Say I wanted to uh, terminate onto the internet out of Italy so I could watch uh, British Premier League soccer without it being blacked out in the US. I kind of wonder about that. $2 a month for VPN service uh, is pretty cheap. Google is a super legit company, right? Uh, magic, uh, magic. I just read the word magic and I got like my brain buffer overflowed. Um, they're a fortune, you know, five company. So, you know, you would expect it to be legit and pretty good. They do the dark web reporting, which is like, I guess they're just throwing that in for free. So, I don't know. It's worth worth noting right here. 20 bucks a year for VPN and you get extra storage and advanced security. This is pretty cool. I pay for Google One right now to have additional storage on Google. So, I will probably investigate this, but, um, you know... <laughs> I'd be curious to look at the security and privacy policy, right? Like once you start using a VPN, all your traffic relays through, you know, whoever the VPN provider is, right? And while you can have encrypted traffic, they still see everywhere you're going, right? You can't encrypt like the domain name or the IP address. Like it, they need to know where to route the packets. So that part's always unencrypted. So it's just the data, everything Levels five, six, and seven of the OSI stack to to reach back into your <laughs> into your CISSP or Sec Plus days or what or ne Network Plus, whatever. Like layers five, six, seven, the app, the session, and the uh, whatever the other one is. Um, that's the only thing that's encrypted. A lot of the world runs on open source, but not necessarily in the world of cybersecurity. Oh, what would it take to build? All right, so that's going to do it. Um, we are going to jaw jack in a second. Let me play a little bit of music for you guys. Here we go. All right, so that's going to do it for the stream today. I want to remind everybody, for the people who are just here for the news, at 4.30 p.m. today, I do uh, long-form uh, live guest interviews, one-hour interviews, getting deep with industry professionals. And today, we're talking with Mike DiNapoli, um, very technical individual. So if you like more leaning into the tech stuff and understanding more of the complexities and technical understanding of our industry, he's going to come on. He's from Simulate. We're going to be talking about cyber attack path management. Okay, this is all part of that evolution of vulnerability management. Vulnerability management is cool, but if you want to do it well in 2023, it's much more about attack path management, right? Like if I compromise an endpoint in your environment, I need to move laterally to get to the jewels, right? But how do I move laterally? What does that look like? And are you able as a defender, maybe you can't shore up the Apache struts looking at you, Equifax. Maybe you can't uh, shore up the Apache struts facing um, outward on the internet, but maybe you can um, patch 
or manage or do permissions on some type of choke point inside your environment to protect that attack path from being really bad. You feel me? Okay, this is all part of cyber resiliency. Cybersecurity is spelt cyber resiliency. That's a fact. So come on back uh, at 4.30 p.m. If you're here for the jawjacking, which is basically, oh, and whatever, uh, we're two minutes over, so apologies to NCC Group and Base Case. We do like to keep it at 45 minutes for them, uh, but you know how we roll up in here. We're going to do some jawjacking. If you were here just for the news, thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Ooh, I also want to remind you guys, fun fact, this is kind of an, un like, this is another, like, this is why uh, the jawjacking is the best part. This is an unexpected, completely really cool thing that I want to share with you guys. Um, this video right here, steal these. This is going to premiere in 10 minutes. I, it's very unusual for me to do this. I have been working with Lima Charlie on their Cyber Defenders podcast for like the last three or six months. I can't, I've been working with them for a while. I forget how long. Anyways, I've been making content for them for their Cyber Defenders podcast. Well, um, like this, like this is the last month I'm going to be doing it. And they've started doing their own thing that, that was duplicative of what I do. And they were like, hey, like, I know you're going to do two more shows for us. Maybe could you do something else? What do you think? So we were kind of, you know, jaw jacking and spitballing and stuff. And I said, how about I come up with like five really cool insider sock analyst tools or tips or resources or whatever, like a fun five uh, part list that people um, who are sock analysts or want to be sock analysts could take advantage of. And they said, love it. So I've made this video. It's going to be on at 11 um a.m eastern time so in, in 10 minutes but what i want to tell you is i want to set expectations okay i now uh pay an editor because of all of the generous um you know squad memberships and having actually having um sponsors to the show i'm able to invest in things like like editors um and 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 produce better quality content for you guys this video i produced <laughs> this video i edited so just to set expectations, this is a little bit of a throwback to the way the videos used to be on my channel. So please don't uh, lambaste me for p poor um, editing and stuff like that. Just I just I just want to set expectations. So if you've gotten really used to the quality of my recent videos, you may want to skip this one. But I, I will tell you that this is going to be a legit value add punch in the mouth steal these resources that's why i named the video steal these okay now um i want to jump back really quick jojo did a super chat earlier and asked a question oh crap i can't jojo i'm sorry i can't i can't um scroll back up jojo if you could just ask your question um jojo ask your question again and i will answer it i i just couldn't answer it during the opening read there uh oh you guys want to link to the steal these okay doink Join me to watch Steal These at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Doink! The song is not... It's like putting me to bed, man. Give me some, like... Give me some juice, man. Yeah, there we go. Mr. Steal Yo Resources. That's right. Swipe it. Swiper, swiper, swiper. Yeah, James Randolph. You said it, man. Hopefully, you guys... 10 a.m. your time. Yeah. Uh, 11 a.m. Eastern... 10, 10 Central, 9 Mountain, 8. 
uh, on the left coast. Drop a fat beat. That's right. Brady McNulty sent me a message. Okay, Brady, I'll check that out um, when I get off stream here. Take care, Jenny Housley. Always good to see you. Always good to see you. Hey, Jessica Propes. Cyber Kill Jane. You would need some beats for UTC. Oh, boy. Haircut Fish, if you are taking requests, check out the Proto Men. Haircut Fish, don't even get me started. I celebrated the Proto Men's entire catalog. All three, all three um, chapters, I guess if you want to call them chapters, or three movements. I know all about the Proto Men. Let's, let's share it with everybody. Guys, I got introduced to this about six years ago. This is a really, um, this is a real deep cut. So the Proto Men, um, basically, they're crazy. I don't want to say they're crazy, but it's it's really wild what they did. But they've made a three act part. It is a, it is a, it's a it's a rock opera. It's a rock opera. It's an entire story told from the perspective. Um, it's like the Mega Man story, and Proto Man was the original Mega Man. And then he go it like it's it's a really down well done rock opera. There's introductions, there is conflict, there is hard decision making, there is resolution. Oh, it's so good. You can listen to all three of it on um on LinkedIn on YouTube, excuse me. On Bandcamp. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. Here, I'll drop a link. Oh my god. I like Oh, and they do it like a, um, like if you are familiar with, um, act here, Proto Man Act One. If you're familiar at all with Mega Man, if you grew up on Nintendo 8 bit, if you love video games, if you love smart music, this is going to do it for you. Remember, there's three acts Act One, Two, and Three. So I think, I think Act One is, uh, Act One is like, really act two like act one is like picks up in the middle of the story act two is like a, a a retrospective and then act three is the the conclusion it's pretty pretty gnarly okay yeah badman i don't know why um so badman just dropped a link in in um discord and the auto mod blocked it but there's nothing wrong with it so uh don't worry about that we'll get that sorted out Have a good day. Back to the sock. All right, Just Incredible Studios. Good to see you. Naturally me. Congrats, Jordan. Enjoy your vacay. That's right. Hey, did I'm sorry. Did JoJo reply? Did JoJo reply? JoJo, I was basically asking if it is audit was the same as GRC analyst, but I did the research and it's not. No, I mean, the, auditing is a large part of GRC, no doubt. And it's a great place to start. Um, if you took the GRC Analyst Masterclass, my I have an entire module on audit. So it is it is very much related, okay? Enjoy the va vacation, Jordan. Oh, vacation sounds good. Oh, hey, Internal Stranger. Nice job getting caught up. Good to have you here. Had a pretty chill class. Uh, oh, oh, uh... <laughs> Programming note and Kimberly uh, programming note uh, next week is uh, spring break for the Citadel. So I, I'm not teaching next week. So all episodes of the daily cyber threat briefing will be 8 a.m. Eastern time.
Uh, apologies in advance to my um, left coast people. I know it can be troubling. Ooh, Allison Van Stone, 100 for 100. Very nice, Allison. Uh, congratulations on that commitment. I hope, Allison, can you drop a link in chat? Would you recommend someone do 100 days of cyber? Did what was what's a key? You know, what's what's one thing that you got out of it that maybe you didn't expect? Have an awesome day, Gregor. Thank you for representing Germany, my friend. Do you like audit? Yeah, I like audit. It's pretty good. I mean, the thing is, audit's good, but like audit naturally evolves into risk, and risk is a lot of fun. Oh, good. I love it, Allison. Allison, that might be a really interesting... I don't know if you've already done it, but that could be like a really interesting blog post or, or you know, write-up for the community. Like, for your own brand building and stuff like that. Like, why you should do 100 days or five things that you learned about doing 100 days. Maybe we could even make a video. Maybe I could interview you on Simply Cyber. I don't know. Let me know. Grew my network from 500 to 5,000. Heck yeah. I want to start doing that. Been watching your progress. Yeah, I've been following it too. Allison Van Stone. Simply Cyber community member and cybersecurity practitioner extraordinaire and LinkedIn presence. I love it. Cool, Allison. We'll connect on that. I think that the media calendar goes out through April now. So it would have to be like May time frame, but um, we'll, we'll get you in there, Allison. This song has got some funky beat. All right. Possibly. I know I feel like a jerk for doing this. Kimberly, let me know if you can support. Joel Belton, let me know if you can support. Aaron KG, let me know if you can support. Eric Taylor, let me know if you can support. Jack Scott, let me know if you can support. I'm thinking about doing the Simply Cyber Con, like Simply Cyber Office Hour, Simply Cyber Unfiltered, whatever, uh, tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. Uh, with a focus of discussing um, the Simply Cyber Conference and doing some high-level planning. Christina Rig. Galado, Regalado, Christina Regalado, have a have a great Thursday. Oh, remember Thursday defensive is today, guys. Which, by the way, is one of my five things that you're gonna see in the video. Thursday defensive, great great time. Love Thursday defensive. Not only are you gonna learn something, but it's good networking too. Be friends with Ben's asking what's 100 days of cyber. I'll let Allison respond to you, uh, Ben. And if she doesn't, I'll answer it in a second. Let's see, where's this? Oh, Proto Men, you're so good. Emilio Garcia, have a good day. People are petering off. We're at 138 right now. That's perfect. No, no, no. Uh, it would be live. It would be live, Brady. The Simply CyberCon planning. You know, it'd be a couple people on stream. Yes. Uh, uh, hope all's uh, well, Casey. All the best to you and your family. Base case. Fixing the premiere. Oh, good. Here we go. It's going to premiere shortly. Guys, come join. I'm going to end the stream. It should push you over to steal these. I'm Jerry. This is Simply Cyber. We'll see you at 4.30 p.m. Eastern today for the long-form Simply Cyber live interview. Thanks so much. And until next time, stay secure.